At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, folks? Welcome to it. It is time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Monday to all of you out there. Hopefully, you had yourself a good weekend, won some bets, enjoyed the weather. That was a little hotter, but hey, can't complain. Maybe you got in the water or something. Or maybe you just relaxed inside, watched some UFC on Saturday. Shout out to Reed Kuhn, hopped on Rush Hour on Friday night. The dude absolutely delivered and then some with his play. So uh, yeah, we've been having Reed on uh, several times when we got some of these UFC bouts and man. The dude is just an absolute beast. So anytime we have him on or anytime he's on any VEASAN show, make sure you check him out. At Fightnomics is where you can follow him on Twitter. I know I cash following him and tailing his plays for Saturday afternoon. But aside from that, you had a little bit of golf with the 3M Open. Not anything too crazy. And then he had the Cubs coming out, surprising everybody. Who the hell would have thunk that? I certainly didn't. I didn't fade them, thankfully. I just wasn't really paying attention. And, uh, yeah, then I had someone say, yeah, the Cubs ended up sweeping. I was like, are you kidding me? But, yeah, wow. How about them Cubbies? And, by the way, Tony Finau, big winner at the 3M Open. It wasn't the deepest class. So, yeah, it's a good thing that Finau finally etched one out after kind of being in the mix for several tournaments beforehand. Bigger ones, of course. But, yeah, then coming through, went 17 under. So, shout out to Tony Finau. Sung J.M. coming second, 14 under. And then, yeah, that's how it looked like up in the Twin Cities in Minnesota for the 3M Open. Some good UFC, some good baseball from the Cubbies. And then the 
White Sox, uh, you got an okay performance, right? You got bats from time to time. You split with the Guardians. All right. Doesn't hurt you. Doesn't necessarily benefit you. Uh, You still are four games back from the Minnesota Twins. You're still a game back from the Guardians. So, again, nothing really altered too much. The big news here, though, or not really big news, but the big thing here is that this is the part now that you're done with the Guardians, right? As of this moment, this is where you turn things around. Because if you look at the Guardians' remaining schedule, if you look at the Twins' remaining schedule, this is where you capitalize. So, the Twins, well, by the way, the White Sox have an off day today, by the way. So the Twins, they have a tough four-game stretch and a little bit deeper past that. But their next two series, even though it's just a couple games for the next one, a couple at Milwaukee, and then they got a couple at San Diego. So it's not going to be easy for the Twins. I'm not saying they can't handle those teams and or beat them, but it's still going to be tougher than the White Sox schedule. That consists of two games at Colorado. Yes, the Rockies played differently at home, but every team plays differently at Coors Field. And then you come back to guaranteed rate field, you get the Oakland A's and then the Kansas City Royals. Those are two winnable series, of course, is what the expectations are. As for the Guardians, they're going to Boston to play the Red Sox. Now, Boston has looked awful in their beginning series post-All-Star break. But maybe Boston turns it around against the Guardians, and then you're at Tampa Bay. The Rays have been a solid team, as we know. So the White Sox, after their off day today, they can recuperate. They can figure some things out, and then they can look to get on a roll and hopefully overcome the Guardians, make things close with the Twins. They are still, being the White Sox, they are still plus 115 to win the AL Central. Then the Twins at plus 120. Then you get Cleveland at plus 465. So if you think they do get on a nice little run here, you haven't gotten involved yet, probably take your flyer now at plus 115. But that's what it's looking like on the south side. How about the north side where the Cubbies are red hot coming into tonight, taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates at the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. And the Cubbies getting a lot of respect in this market. I'll get to that in a second because I want to keep it how we typically do with the routine of handicapping it. But my goodness, uh, a lot of love for the Cubs in this game. Maybe rightfully so. I mean, look, they did just sweep the Phillies in Philadelphia. Pirates lost their last two out of three at Miami. What the hell are you doing if you're Philadelphia? You get a favorable series, one you need to capitalize on at home for a good start in the second half when you're in the midst of a playoff race and you get swept by the Cubs. You can't even get one. Jeez. Ryan Rothstein and I were talking about this on Friday, and we're like, yeah, we both lean toward the Phillies on Friday, despite the line going toward the Cubs. It's not, well, I'm not sure if Ryan ended up playing it, but I didn't. We still thought that the advantage was with the Phillies, and I'm sure 95% of everybody paying attention to that did as well. But look, tip your cap to the Cubbies. They're fighting. And they kind of shoved it in my face for everything I've been saying with the Cubs. And look, it's one series, but still, I, and what I've been saying is that this is a team that you're going to have to fade or stay away from because they don't really have the young prospects to make it exciting. They're going to be shipping off a lot of pieces. And even though that may still be true, especially this upcoming week, until that point, they may be fighting. But after that happens, maybe bye-bye Ian Happ, maybe bye-bye Wilson Contreras, then you look at it and go, all right, this roster is now fully depleted. Not that there's not some pieces here and there, but at that point, it's just completely gone. But who knows, man? This team is this team is oddly volatile. 
They'll go on their little streaks, and then they'll just get absolutely clobbered. So uh, tread, tread lightly with this Cubs team when it comes to betting them. But again, look, the market is showing some love for them. They got Adrian Sampson taking the bump. Now, Sampson is 0-1 with the Cubs this year. He's got a 3.34 ERA. Not a bad fit, 3.65. So that's relatively in the same ballpark for his ERA. But then you look at his Sierra, his skill interactive ERA, 4.42. That draws some concern around Adrian Sampson. Now, the righty does have a whip of 121, and he has struggled a little bit more so at Wrigley than on the road. He's got a 396 FIP at Wrigley compared to a 303 FIP on the road. Not the biggest sample size of games, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. JT Brubaker taking the bump for the Pirates. He's 2-8 this year. Doesn't help when you're pitching for the Pirates. But his ERA we see at 402. His FIP is better, 374. His Sierra, eh, not the best, 413. And he's got a high whip, 1.41. He has been pitching a lot better on the road than at PNC. Now, he's faced the Cubs three times. His first outing at Chicago when just three innings pitched, allowed three hits, two runs, four strikeouts. Pirates won four to three. Next outing at Chicago, tough one for him. 5.2 innings pitched, allowed six hits, six runs, 10 strikeouts, but they lost 10 nothing. Then most recently, it was at home versus Chicago. He went six innings, allowed five hits, no earned runs, five strikeouts, Pirates won 12-1. So it's been a mixed bag for Brubaker against the Cubbies this year. What kind of Brubaker do you get? Well, what you have to recognize as well is how the Cubbies have been hitting against righties at home. And as bad as their record indicates, you would think it would be a little better looking at their stats offensively because they're not bad. They're slightly above average, actually. Uh, at home against righties, the Cubbies have an OPS of 718. They got a BABIP, batting average of balls in play, of 322. Weighted on base average, a.k.a. WOBA, 317. And then a weighted runs created plus, WRC plus, of 101. Those are fine numbers. If you got a good pitcher in the mix, you can live with those numbers. As for Pittsburgh, well... They're not the best team against righties overall, but they struggle even more so on the road against righties. Where there, they have a 630 OPS, a 275 BABIP, a 279 WOBA, and then a 77 WRC+. Big difference from the Cubbies at 101, that's for sure. But we know there's been a big sample size of the Pirates and the Cubs playing. That's what's going to happen with your division rivals. I know it's not their number one rival, but you get what I'm saying. They've played, I think, 13 games, Pirates 4-3 advantage at Wrigley, and 8-5 overall this season. But because we have a bigger sample size with the Pirates playing at Wrigley, I wanted to look at their specific splits at Wrigley Field against righties. So they've had 151 plate appearances against righties at Wrigley Field. And those stats add up to them having a 509 OPS, disgustingly bad, a 255 BABIP, a 230 WOBA, and then a 45 WRC+. My goodness, that is tough. Yet somehow, they have the advantage at Wrigley Field over the Cubs. That's what even makes it worse for the Cubbies. But you could say, Danny, that's skewed, right? It's still not the biggest sample size, and... 
You know, what about overall how they've been hitting against the Cubs, not just narrowed down to righties? Well, first of all, they are facing a righty, so you want to narrow it down to that. But second of all, fine, we'll look at the overall numbers. And in that case, at Wrigley, in over, or actually in about, well, exactly, I don't know why I'm beating around the bush, exactly 243 plate appearances at Wrigley Field this year, the Pirates' weighted runs created plus, yeah, it takes a boost, but just up to 57. Folks, remember, you want to be at 100 or better. Against righties at Wrigley, they're at 45. Overall at Wrigley, 57. Now, I'm sure if you had the splits for the Cubs versus the Pirates at Wrigley Field, it would be in the same the same ballpark there, pun intended, uh, with the numbers for the stats of how they're hitting. But I'm just saying, the Cubs are hot coming into this game. Brubaker has seen the Cubs a lot, so some players definitely have the familiarity aspect benefiting them the pirates haven't seen samson so that could go anywhere pittsburgh's bullpen has actually been worse than the cubs now pittsburgh's got a 4.69 era and a 141 whip the cubbies not great still but they have improved they're now at 423 with their bullpen era and they got a whip of 133 now some player props to consider for this game if you look at ESPN, you can do the bat versus pitcher game log, basically. So it just tells you how each respective hitter is done against a starting pitcher. And Ian Happ has thrived against Brubaker. He typically does well against the Pirates in general. But against JT, he's 6 of 18. He's got three doubles, two walks, seven strikeouts, 333 batting average with a 900 OPS. How about Rafael Ortega? 5 for 10, 500 batting average, 1,200 OPS. Two doubles, four strikeouts. Frank Schwindel, he's got a over 1,200 OPS. Four of seven against Brubaker. One double, two RBIs, and a 571 batting average. No, it's not the biggest sample sizes, but still there have been some guys who have gotten to him, especially Ian Happ. But with all of that being said, well, I guess I can dish out some of these bets really quick, or bets, some of these props really quick. Um, Ian Happ, if you think he gets a hit, Minus 175. Ortega, if you think he gets a hit. Wow. Um, minus 230. Jeez. Let's see if Schwindel's on there. They do not have Schwindel on there. Uh, batter run slash RBIs. If you think just total runs scored over a half. Ian Happ plus 175. Under a half minus 167. Ortega over a half plus 104. Under a half minus 139. Total RBIs, Ian Happ over a half plus 190. That's kind of tempting. Ortega over a half plus 200. Total bases recorded over one and a half for Ian Happ plus 163. That's tempting as well. Ortega over a half plus 132. They've gotten their doubles against him. Who knows? Could be the way to go about it. Brubaker strikeouts over five and a half is minus 103. Under five and a half, minus a buck 30. Samson over three and a half is even money. Under three and a half is minus 134. Yeah, Samson's not the highest strikeout pitcher. He's averaging about six per nine innings. But where did I make this line for this game? Now, remember to keep this in the back of your head. First of all, it's going to be a colder day, relatively, right? Uh, the wind's coming across. It's not blowing necessarily in or out. The Pirates have done well at Wrigley. They've done well against the Cubs, so to speak. But they have struggled as of late, and the Cubs are hot, sweeping the Phillies. 
I make the Cubs a favorite, but not an overwhelming favorite because you still got to understand that the Pirates, yeah, they traded Vogel back, but look, the Pirates still are competing, still a team that's going to show up against the Cubs for whatever reason, just because of the division foe kind of mentality, but they've had their number. So yeah, it still could be close and the Cubs can lose literally any game. Any team can, I get it, but you know, the Cubs can more than others. What I'm getting to is I'm making the Cubs a small favorite, but a favorite, minus 120. I'll give the Pirates even money, and I'll make the total eight because the wind's not necessarily blowing out. And Pittsburgh, as we know, has not been crushing righties at Wrigley Field. The Cubs are doing fine against righties at Wrigley, but not against the Pirates necessarily. So total eight, Cubs a slight favorite, minus 120, Pirates even money. The sports books had a little bit more conviction on our beloved Cubbies here. Minus 137 is what Bet Rivers opened the Cubbies up at. Are you kidding me? Pittsburgh plus 118 and then the total at eight and a half. Oof. A lot of love coming to the Cubbies. Or just a lot of, I don't know, a trustworthiness with the Pirates. You could even say it that way. I don't know. But now the Cubs are even up to minus 143, people. And then Bet Rivers has the Pirates plus 123. Total now is down to eight. Little shade to the over minus 117. The unders minus 103. So I was pretty spot on with the total, but not with the money line. Yeah, the Cubs were the favorite, but they were a lot bigger favorite than I assumed. It's not like it was insane. I mean, it was a 17 cent difference, but I just feel like that's pretty big for the Cubs. Some books in Vegas opened it like minus 145, and now you can get them up to minus 150 at some shops. Like, why is there this much love coming for the Cubbies? Now, recency bias is not a good thing in sports betting, and in baseball, it can certainly be tricky, especially with a team like the Cubs. But maybe this team just has some kind of nice reset heading into the second half, and that can carry over into this game against Pittsburgh. Pirates just... Delta chip away. Cubs are going to, but probably not by game time. You got a young pitcher in Sampson that maybe some of these sharp betters are a little bit hopeful on, whereas Brubaker, again, has seen the Cubs three times. The familiarity could be a disadvantage, where the unknown with Sampson is not good or not as good for the Pirates, right? So, again, I agree with the Cubs being a favorite, but not at the price of minus 143 or above. I don't even know if I would have bet them if they were like minus 120 or minus 125 because I just don't want to trust the Cubs. The total would be the only thing I'd be interested in or some of those props that we just discussed. But at the end of the day, as much as you want to assume it's going to be a lower scoring game, these teams can be bad enough to where you could just get a plethora of runs that probably shouldn't have been scored. So it's tough overall, and honestly, as much of an assessment as we went in on this, I I really don't see a viable betting option, unless you think there's some value with some of those props that I listed. That could be a play. Or maybe you do a no run in the first inning. It's minus 121, not the most appealing price. First five under five at Bet Rivers, under four and a half, minus 120. I don't hate that. My first five bets for unders have kind of been brutal. I'm not going to lie. So I think I might stay away from that. I've done better with the first five money lines than I have for the first five unders. So as of this moment, nothing official for the Cubs and the Pirates. But I'm sure I'll have some other action in terms of the rest of the MLB slate on Rush Hour tonight, which make sure you follow along. 
Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. You can also get a hold of it on the Marquee Sports Network or on VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app or wherever you get your podcasts available. We had a nice pair of winners on Friday night, and I'm chuckling a little bit because one of those consisted of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, if you didn't somehow get the ESPN notification or you just kind of logged off of sports beginning on Friday night, the Blue Jays had themselves quite the game. So we took them on the money line, minus 119. Thought they had a good advantage against the Red Sox. And yeah, I guess I was right, to say the least. Because they won 28-5. to You heard me correctly. The Toronto Blue Jays first game back from the All-Star break at Fenway beat the Red Sox 28-5. to I was playing golf. Fortunately, I was able to play golf Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, uh, yeah, your boy's a little burnt. My Irish skin didn't fare too well without the sunscreen. But I uh, didn't get to watch a lot of the games, but was happy to see the scoreboard and the Blue Jays winning 28-5. to I got, like, a text from someone, and they, and they told me that. And I'm like, what? And I looked because usually if I'm getting a notification, it's someone complaining about something, a pick that I dished out instead of saying, hey, look at what's happening, you know. But, um, yeah, that was great to see. I, we've had, you know, several bets to where it's just been an absolute dud immediately. This is one in the favorable section to where you didn't have to sweat that out immediately or about the fourth inning. And then we had the over eight runs in the White Sox-Guardians game, which came through as well. So that was nice to have a 2-0 effort on Friday. We move to our MLB record now 49-41-2 with our plays from Rush Hour. So we're hoping to keep that going tonight. Like I said, I'm sure I'll have plenty more baseball action once I get my deeper dive into it. And by the time Rush Hour gets going, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. All righty, folks. Quick break here on the Chicago City Cast. When we come back, big news out of the NBA. Kevin Durant sweepstakes. Who's the new team that's emerging and offered a package for him? And how about the Bears training camp starting on Wednesday? What's the latest? What can we expect? And much more surrounding the Bears and NBA as we wrap up this Monday edition of the Chicago City Cast, as always, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Welcome back to it. It is the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. And folks, if you didn't know, Bet Rivers online sportsbook is serving up some big wins with their new weekly profit boost on all tennis wagers. So if you visit BetRivers.com or if you download the BetRivers Sportsbook app every Wednesday, you'll receive a 20% profit boost on any tennis wager. And now you can even stream your favorite tennis players right from the BetRivers app. Heat up your summer with the BetRivers Sportsbook app. It's a whole new game. 
Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, let's get back into the mix. We've got some NBA news to look at, and we've got some Bears training camp I guess news, expectations, just thoughts to consider here in the second part of this Monday edition of the Chicago City Cast here on the 25th of July. Again, I'm Danny Burke. If you're tuning in at Danny Burke 5, you can follow along on the tweets. But in terms of the NBA, we're finally getting a little bit of steam for the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. No, it's nothing with the Chicago Bulls, because why would it be? We get no excitement in Chicago NBA-wise. Yeah, DeRozan, Levine, company, awesome. We were happy last offseason, but you realize that that's not going to cut it. You know it. You you understand it. It's hard to be excited about this. Let me rephrase. It's easy to be excited about this core, but it's hard to be excited and expect them to win a championship or be competing for one because you saw what you have to go up against. They didn't get a full season with these guys. You don't know what they're capable of. B.S. You didn't need a full season of Lonzo Ball, Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Booch to understand that's not going to cut it against the Bucks, against the Celtics, against the Heat. The Knicks got better in the offseason. What did you do? Gordon Dragic. Sick. Nice. Dale and Terry looks good, but he got banged up. And look, I, I still think he'll be a stud, but you didn't do anything. Where are your shooters? That's the biggest thing you missed, and you're just ignoring that? Andre Drummond, that's our other big guy. Sick. I would have been going nuts six years ago. What is the plan here to just be nicely competitive, respectfully competitive? Oh, here are the Bulls. Playoffs once again. A couple of cool game winners throughout the season. Some highlight dunks, and then a first-round elimination. Awesome. Let's run it back with the same group then in year three. You realize you only get a finite amount of this dominance from DeMar DeRozan at this point. Last season was kind of an aberration. It was absolutely an aberration. Not that he's not a great player, but for him to replicate that, man, that's a tough ta- uh, that's a tough task. Zach Levine has to kind of switch spots with DeRozan this year. That's what you need. You need Levine to be doing what DeRozan did last year. But still, you are missing shooters. Kobe White clearly did not cut it. Why are we trusting him here? I know there's good news coming out of him in practice and, you know, training camp, whatever the hell is going on with them, but I really just don't care. You can say whatever you want. It doesn't matter till it happens on the court, and it hasn't happened on the court. I didn't think this was going to be a Bulls rant, but inevitably it turned into it. The Kevin Durant aspect of this. The Celtics are now a part of the mix, apparently. Shams, Woj, talking about it. But basically, uh, Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a draft pick was offered to the Nets for Kevin Durant. Shams was saying they rejected that and then countered with Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and multiple draft picks. And then Woj wrote up about it at ESPN saying, The Celtics considered all-NBA forward Jason Tatum off-limits in any trade talks, or they do consider, pardon me. But Boston is able to construct a package for Durant that could include Brown in as many as three unprotected first-round picks, 2025, 2027, and 2029, and two pick swaps, 2024 and 2026. He said Jalen Brown has two years and $56 million left on his current contract. 
If you're the Celtics, hell yeah, sounds great. If you're the Nets, okay. Adding Jalen Brown and Derek White makes you a fine team. And nobody that you're going to get or nothing that you can get is going to make you a championship team, of course. Unless you got Jason Tatum or Devin Booker, which is not going to happen. Yeah, you'll have all those draft picks, but in a market like Brooklyn, it's a win-now mode. We don't care about you stocking up on draft picks and stinking for the next seven years. If we're trading this, and I'm saying it like their thought process, if we're trading away once-in-a-generation type of player, I want to reap the benefits immediately. It's probably not going to happen. Durant's screwing them, plain and simple. But what's interesting, too, and I'm not saying this is actually happening, and maybe it does. The Celtics probably have the best package to offer with the remaining teams, like the Heat and the Raptor. I still don't get why there would be interest with Toronto. I, I get it. They got some young guys like Scotty Barnes and company. Or Like, come on. No, thank you. I would take Jalen Brown over that in a heartbeat. Um, But what I was going to say is that my buddy and I were talking, because we keep monitoring this, and I think I briefly mentioned it on here, but what's been fascinating is to see the futures odds for the Brooklyn Nets and how those have changed. I took a flyer on them at 28 to 1 about a month ago. The the news talk about, you know, Kevin Durant kind of slowed down. Same with Kyrie Irving. And the likelihood that Durant was going to get traded seemed like it started dwindling and dwindling. So I took them 28 to 1, right? Well, now you see the Nets at 18 to 1. So maybe the sentiment continues to grow that the market isn't as feasible for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and they could get stuck there and they'll still have a pretty good looking team. And it's not a bet on saying the Nets are going to win. It's a bet on knowing where the value is on and on and understanding where the number is going to shift to if one of those guys stay. And then the the possibility of cashing out or, you know, prop swap selling your ticket, all those type of things. Because if nothing ends up happening, <laughs> those odds will really shift. You know that. So, hey, it's something to consider still at 18-1. to Again, it's not as appetizing, but it's been a strategy I've heard a lot of people do so far. And, yeah, I took a little flyer at 28-1, to so we'll see if anything can kind of pay dividends from that. But you never know. You never know in the NBA. At Bet Rivers, the Kevin Durant market has the Nets now minus $4 to be his team. Jeez. And that's at tip-off of the first game on opening day of the 2022-2023 season. Counts as a winner. Celtics now plus 250. Raptors 5-1. Heat 6-1. Suns 10-1. Pelicans 14-1. Bulls are at 60-1. We could only hope and wish, and pray, and imagine, and everything <laughs> Kevin Durant could come to the Chicago Bulls. But yeah, that's the latest news out of the NBA. Celtics make sense. But if you're the Nets, you probably don't want to trade them to a team you have to face more than others. But at this point, what else do you have to choose from? All right, let's get back into the mix with some Chicago news. Talk a little bit of Bears here. Training camp starts Wednesday at Hallis Hall, and there's some questions to be had, of course. How the hell is this team going to do? Well, yeah, besides that, in all reality, what is the deal with Robert Quinn? He did not show up for mandatory minicamp. He was the only player who did not have an excused absence. Is that shocking? No. 
Will he show up? Probably not. Do you blame him? Eh, no, how could you? I mean, all these speculations and realizations that Brian Poles is dishing out some of these older guys who have performed well. I mean, Robert Quinn coming off his best year in his career, there's some value to be had by dishing him out. You realize you're not going to have a playoff competing team this season and that you're going to have to pay him a lot. Or at some point, you're just going to have to eat out the rest of his contract and not get to take advantage of him. So would you be mad if the Bears did deal him away? You'd probably be a little disappointed because you still want something to look forward to. And you do have that on offense. We have talked about this. On defense, maybe not so much. Up front, no. Roquan Smith and the backers, and then you drafted some young secondary members, which could be good. But on the D-line, you're certainly pessimistic, as you should be. But I don't think you should be mad or upset if Robert Quinn or if and when Robert Quinn gets dealt away depending on what they receive, right? What they get in return. The Bears still need some receivers, but that could be held off till next year. More importantly, the Bears, yes, need edge rushers and they need still players on the offensive line. But Robert Quinn probably is going to be dealt. For what? It's got to be better than the Khalil Mack package. You would imagine... But we'll see. I'm not going to be disappointed if he gets dished off. Look, this is the stepping stone year for the Bears. You're not expecting them to have a winning record. You are not expecting them to make the playoffs. What you should expect is for Fields to take a step forward, the coaching staff to be mature adults and have a plan and a vision, and just execution and just competency and not looking like you should be in this CFL or USL. You know, like... Just don't be the laughing stock of the NFL and show some progression. Be a team that's competitive and you're like, okay, those guys took a step forward. You know, kind of like the Lions last year, except hopefully you get more wins than them. But you realize that they were a tough out every single game and they were damn near almost in every game. Something like that, except you're racking up more dubs and then at the end of the year you're going, okay, okay, we were able to watch the games with not disappointment and embarrassment every single week. And now we know our football team has the most cap space. Let's jump in, attack, and now try to get into the wild card. That is the plan here, and that's what can happen if the moves are played correctly. And you got to think it begins by dishing off a guy like Robert Quinn, who probably will not replicate his year last year, and this is the best opportunity to capitalize on some value with them. So that's really the biggest the biggest thing to look out for with training camp. Then obviously how the young rookies are doing in the secondary. And then Justin Fields. But I'm excited. We're getting closer, folks. Not excited for summer to end. I know we still got August. But it, uh, it kind of evens out with football beginning. So we'll keep you updated on any Bears news that comes across this week. Otherwise, everything's seeming pretty much the same. But that'll do it for us here on the Chicago City Cast. Like I said, make sure you check out Rush Hour because there I'll give you some more Danny's Dimes with the rest of the baseball slate and anything we'll be playing in general with college football futures, with NFL futures, all of that good coverage heading into the big seasons. We've been discussing it nonstop, so make sure you check that out Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. That's going to wrap it up. 
Follow on Twitter, as always, is much appreciated, at Danny Burke Vibe. And if you like and subscribe to the podcast so you get notified right away when the show gets released. But let me know what you're betting this week. Your thoughts on the Bears, your thoughts on Robert Quinn at Danny Burke 5 or dburke at vsan.com. If your preferred method is email, always available to discuss. But thanks again for tuning in, folks. Best of luck with your plays. Take care.